What's up, guys, and welcome back to the All I Have Show, episode six, where we're going to do a deep dive into happiness today. And today, actually, I'm going to do not very much talking. I'm going to share with you actually one of the most profound conversations or thoughts that I've ever heard on happiness. And happiness is a topic, you know, that I believe we all strive to do. We all want to be happy all the time. We, at least myself, chase this thought of happy. What can I do to increase the happiness in my life, my family's life? Uh, when I meet people, I, hey, are, are you happy? I, you know, I just, to me, that's a measure of success of someone's happiness level. And if they've established a life or designed a life on their terms in which it would provide happiness to them. So very passionate about this topic. And ironically, this conversation came out of two uh, men who I respect a ton, Joe Rogan and Jesse Itzler. I say it's ironic because the previous episode on my show was a review of the book Jesse Itzler wrote called Living with the Monks. And in fact, that book Uh, when Jesse Itzler was on Joe Rogan's podcast, is what stemmed this conversation of happiness. And Joe Rogan goes on a rant that I'm going to play for you guys, and I'm not going to say a whole lot about it. I just really want you to open up, let this sink in, and and I'll just share. If you you haven't done a lot of research into happiness, I'll just go out and say, man, this is, just know that this is some deep stuff here. Um, what Joe talks about, and just know both of these men who, are, who you'll hear speaking, uh, both Jesse and Joe, they have they have life by the horns. They they have all the money in the world. They've built life on their terms, and they're both living uh, the you know the life they want. So if anyone can speak about happiness, you know if if you follow these guys at all, I think you'll know that both of them are very happy people. So. I just respect this a lot coming from them versus some guy on the street corner uh, preaching about happiness. So with that, I'm going to get ready to play this. One warning, if you do have kids in the car, um, Joe and the Joe Rogan podcast is pretty explicit. His language um, throws the F-bomb around a lot. If that makes you uncomfortable, maybe pause this until you're by yourself. Um, You don't want your kids hearing that. But hey, this uh, this is about as real as it gets. So with that, I'll play this and come back shortly. Well, what's fascinating to me is that you're saying that they're so happy because if you get a rant, I mean, and just for context, Joe is talking about the monks. Jesse just got done explaining about the monks and how the monks are happy. Um, so that's just it for context. I'm trying to shorten it to the sweet and the best part that I want you guys to hear. How many people are in this monastery? Uh, eight. And they're all male? Yes. Eight men. If you get eight random men in their, you know, what's the youngest age of the guys? 35. 35 yeah. up to 70 is. You get eight random 35 to 70s and ask how many of them are happy, actually truly happy. Maybe two, right? How many people do you think are happy? Well, they just did a study. There's a famous Harris study on happiness in this country. I think uh, 67% of people are unhappy. That is fucked. Here's what, here, I did this, Joe, you'll, this is a good test. Maybe you'll, you'll want to do this. I did this when I was speaking at an event for 500 Wall Street people uh, recently, and it was fascinating. You, I'll, I'll take you through it. You can tell me if, if you're comfortable with it. But if you take all the areas of your life and put them in a blender, 
okay? So take uh, where you live, your relationships, your finances, your health, your, everything, everything. Put it in one fucking big blender and blend it up. And on a scale of one to 10, with a 10 being the Dalai Lama of happiness and a one being a guy that's at rock, a zero, being someone that's at rock bottom, what's your happiness number? Me? Yeah. I'm pretty fucking happy. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't do it that way. I definitely wouldn't give it a number. Okay. Because I feel like that you're you're making something, you're you're turning like a constant state of thinking and expression and consideration. You're turning it into a number, and I just I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea because I think it's a management issue. I think a lot of what happiness is is a management issue and decisions that you're making right now, like you could be in a shit state of mind right now, but you could make some decisions to adjust that and over the next couple hours, you'll get to a much better place. And these constant management decisions, they waver in and out of your life on a daily basis. Like this idea that you could have a good mindset and then all of a sudden you'll be happy. That's horseshit. Like it's, that's like, it's like the tide it comes in and it comes out. There's going to be days where you're just not feeling so good physically, and that's going to affect the way your happiness level is. It's never static. It's never the, exactly the same. True. But if you looked at it overall at 30,000 feet and you had to give yourself a grade. we happy we, as fuck is what I would say. Okay. I'm so pretty you're, happy. Okay. So I, I'll take that. I'll take that. Most people in that room yeah. raised their – I said if anyone is seven and, uh, you know, for anyone that listening that wants to do it mm – -hmm. Raise your hand if you're, you know, seven or below. I don't want to put anyone on the spot. And majority of the room stood up. Right. Being a seven and thinking, you know, like seven's a pretty happy number. Mm -hmm. But a seven, if my son comes home with a 70 on a test, it's a C minus. Right. And all I'm saying is, what was interesting about the test, though, if you do actually go through the process, for those that like go through the, and get a number in their head or whatever, or do mm -hmm. want to give themselves a grade, right. your brain automatically goes to a 10 and then subtracts the two or three things pop in that make you, that bring your happiness down. It's a great way to identify mm. what's making you unhappy. And that, you know what I mean? Right. Like you started at 10, you're like, oh, fuck, my relationship or this or that. Usually it triggers an automatic, like, this is what's fucked up in my life response. Right. right. And you can, it helps you identify. But it's interesting. We have benchmarks in so many things in our life. You have an IQ test. You have tax brackets to measure your, your wealth or financial statements. You have IQ tests, like I said. You can get on a scale to measure your weight. But you're right. Happiness is one of those things. It's like, how do you benchmark it? You know what I mean? It right. kind of fluctuates, and it's like hunger. I mean, it's 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 something that's go it goes in and out. It's always there. But happy as fuck is a is a good answer. Yeah, but I this is something I've cultivated for a long time and avoided things that make me unhappy and figured out what those things are and been very rigid about eliminating them from from my life. And one of the big ones is eliminating interactions with people that are negative. That is gigantic and. Be, because I've realized that I'm not really as independent as I used to like to think I was. I used to like to think that my thought process was independent and that I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. That's nonsense. People say that because they absolutely care what people think and it bothers them. So they say, I don't give a fuck. But that I don't give a fuck stuff is almost entirely nonsense. You do care. And you care in both ways. You care if people are critical of you, care if people are positive of you, but you also care if people are living positive lives. And they're 
motivating you? That's, that's a big one. People are fuel and other people, it's one of the reasons why I like talking to people. One of the reasons why I like to do podcasts, because I get a lot out of, you know, like just talking to you about your time in the monastery or your, your push to get to that hundred miles. Like you get energy out of people like that. And you think about this energy and you think about this inspiration when you're doing other things. And it also sets in your mind that when you meet these exceptional people that move you, like what are the characters, what are the qualities that they have? What are the characteristics that they, that they possess? And those things become significant and important to you. Whereas if you live around a bunch of people that are complaining and bitching about everything and they see the negative in everything and they're always whining, those people are the opposite of that. They're the opposite of inspiration. And they're, they're just, they're, they're mud. You're just like, Bleh. it's like you're up to your ankles in mud. You try to trudge through life. It's difficult. You're not light. It's not, it's not pushing you. There's not a wind at your back. The wind's in your face and it's rough, you know, and over time, I've learned that these people, you just, you, you're not going to fix them. I used to want to fix them when I was young. I used to want to go, hey, man, I see what you're doing. Like, dude, don't do that anymore. Listen, just try, just just do this and, and stop doing that and start doing this. And if you just work towards this, you could be successful. And then a week later, the guy's doing the same shit. You're like, okay, right. I'm wasting a significant amount of my energy on someone who doesn't want to waste any of their energy on themselves. And so managing the the community and the tribe that you're in, making sure that you're a good member of that tribe, that you're doing your part, you know, and there's a lot of uh, cynicism in these days about uh, inspiration and about motivation because there's a lot of fake shit. You know, you can go on Instagram and you see a million of these inspirational quote pages and they're run by people that are probably depressed. You know, you see a lot of people that are, you know, talking about how to get ahead in life, but they're not really doing anything themselves. So there's a lot of cynicism involved in that, but there's also sincerity in it. And you can get, if you just look at it with a pure heart and a pure mind, you can get a lot of energy out of that. And when you are around happy inspirational people that are successful, it makes you feel better and you get inspired. And if you act on that inspiration, your life will be more fulfilled. And it's not just inspirational in terms of financial success, but in terms of doing difficult things, whether it's running a hundred miles, it doesn't pay you a goddamn thing other than the, 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 the wealth of the knowledge that you can push yourself to such an extreme or anything else, whether it's someone who becomes really good at playing chess or someone who's really good at martial arts or, or whatever it is. There's, there's a great feeling in these overcoming these difficult things because life is never this just constant state of, I'm at a nine all day, and when I'm with my wife, I hit ten. Yay, and I stay like that. That's not real. What's real is, like... You saying that you went to this monastery and felt all this this angst about meditating and being alone and not having your phone and not having the input, but then when it comes out of it, then you have this reward. So you you push through this and you had these uncomfortable feelings and you came out of those uncomfortable feelings with this newfound appreciation for time and this newfound this respect for your own existence in your own space and carving out three hours for yourself a day. That's where it all comes from. It all comes from life lessons and the lessons are learned through struggle. 
And I think that there's a lot of people out there that think somehow or another you're going to get to some place where you're living in silk sheets and you're getting your toes done while someone's dropping grapes into your mouth. I don't want that. I've never wanted that. You, that guy's not going to be happy. He's going to be bored. An hour into the grapes, you're going to get those fucking grapes away from me. Stop painting my toes. What am I doing in this bed? I got to do something. I'm not stimulated. The human organism, the animal that we are, needs constant stimulation because it evolved trying to find food and escape enemies and find shelter, escape nature, escape the elements, try to survive. And this is the great joy that you have in taking care of your children, that you can protect your children from the elements and the enemies and feed them. And, and it's also the great sadness that you see in losers. When I see a loser, I see some guy who's 43 years old, lives in his parents' basement, and he fucking hates the world. I'm like, that was a baby. Man, this is a baby that somebody just gave shitty nutrients to, whether it's f nutrients in the forms of food or in the form of thoughts and ideas and examples. And this kid developed these horrible, self-defeating patterns of behavior that have led them to this point where they're this, this middle-aged person with no future and no idea of how to get out of this rut and probably never will escape it and might just wind up sucking on a gun. You know, I mean, this is this is the world that we live in today. And I think part of that world is because we have been fed this line of horseshit that you're supposed to seek comfort. And I don't think you are. I think you're supposed to seek lessons and you're supposed to seek difficult tasks and and and, and, and accomplishments. And through those things and through doing things that are hard to do, even if it's just a fucking 90 minute hot yoga class. I do a 90-minute yoga class, man. I, those last 20 minutes, I do not want to be there, man. And I definitely don't want to give 100%. And I can cheat. I can I could kind of half-ass it. I can, I can, but if I don't and I get through it, when that time is up and the lady says namaste and everybody gets up, I'm like, fuck, man, I made it. You know, I lost 15 pounds. My fucking yoga mat is drenched to the point where I could literally wring it out and fill a, a, a jug up with water. But... Through that struggle, I will now have a better day, and I better fucking do it again tomorrow or do something else because if I just think, well, tomorrow I'm just going to coast and eat Twinkies and watch TV. Oh, hello, sadness, my old friend. Hello, depression. Because when you're not doing anything, you feel like shit, and that's just a part of being a human being, and we can pretend that we're something other than what we really are, and we can pretend, nah, me, man, I'm just cool, just chilling, doing nothing. Bullshit. You're a fucking human. You're a human being. You're, you evolved from the fucking hundreds of thousands of years of hunters and gatherers and people that were struggling those re human reward systems are carved deeply into your dna and if you don't respect that if you don't respect the mechanism of happiness and fulfillment and what you really need to do in order to feel satisfied in life camaraderie love family friendship struggle testing yourself learning all those things are imperative they're all a giant part of being a person Man, yeah, I know that was a little long, a little explicit, but wow. Um, yeah, that that's about as real as it gets. And again, just coming from two people who, um, you know, li live it every day, have experimented, and ultimately have that mindset, and to be able to speak uh, out there, you know, what that truly looks like, what happiness truly is. So a couple key takeaways, and I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that again. It took me a couple times, and I pulled a couple different nuggets out the more I listened to that. Um, 
But a couple key takeaways. So if you'll you'll notice um, early on, he talked about you know uh, people living this fantasy life on Instagram, and that that's who we often see. We log on to Instagram and all these social media channels, and we see people who we perceive to be in a happier place than we are. We see the, you know, filters on all the pictures. They're beautiful. They're family. Everybody's happy, smiling, going out on all these excursions, adventures, travel. And you ultimately compare that to your life. And you may be, you know, getting up and grinding every day. And ultimately, that, that takes away from your happiness level. And I think Joe did a good job of just calling out how much, you know, how it's just straight bullshit. You know, people put their highlight reel out there. And that shouldn't be new news to you by now. But... If you don't, I guess, continue to keep that in your, you know, um, I guess, mindset going into that before you open up Instagram, you know, like I almost chuckle now, but let, let me go see what everybody's highlight reel is looking like today versus, oh man, you know, everybody out there is crushing it except for me. Comparison is the thief of joy in your life. So just remember that on social media. Another big takeaway for me is you'll, you'll hear, you know, uh, Joe also talked about being aware of the things that make you happy and unhappy so that you can avoid the things that don't and increase um, the instances of things that do make you happy. So people was one of the things he talked about. And I think that was huge for me. It's something that I've uh, I've been aware of, you know, over the the last, you know, uh, you know, a couple years on my journey. But yeah, the fact that he had everybody has to go through that as well. You know, you want to help people. You really want to be that positive influence in especially the people you love's life. But there's certain people that no matter what you do, they're ultimately gonna decide what they want their journey to look like. And you have to, you know, respect that and just acknowledge that they are someone who is more of a leech on your happiness rather than um I don't have a good analogy for someone who adds adds to your happiness, but just just that awareness of the people who are in your life and the things, events um, that that do give you joy and happiness, and the things that take that away. And lastly, I think a big takeaway was um, <clears throat> that happiness isn't of one single state of mind. You know, it, early on, I thought, you know, am, you're either happy or you're not. And I think Joe kind of call that out when he says, you know, he's, he's not willing to give it a number rating. It's something that it fluctuates all the time. He, I like how he related to hunger. You know, sometimes you're really hungry and then sometimes you're not. You're full and and it's a constant, you know, uh, cyclical process that you go through and, and, and that it's okay if you're not happy sometimes, as long as it's, um, you know, uh, not something that's continue or a long duration, but if you wake up in a bad mood and it's okay to be unhappy, you know, so in the past when something like that would happen, I'd wake up, I'd get angry, frustrated. I'd immediately be like, man, well, I, I, I'm trying, I'm on this journey to be happy and now I'm all frustrated, but just knowing that it's okay and you're going to go through those spells when things are just not going to go right sometimes and you're going to have bad days and that doesn't mean that you're not a happy person. Um, goes in and out like the tide is one of the things he said. And I know I said lastly before, but this was another big one, is that as humans, we are ultimately, we've evolved from these people who had to go out, scavenge for food, and run from prey. So those are challenges. 
we, we can't seek a life of full comfort without challenges and still expect to be happy. We have to go out and challenge ourselves. No, you know, you define what that challenge is, but, you know, he brought up hot yoga. Are you working out? Um, something to challenge yourself or else it's very unlikely that you will achieve a level of happiness in your life because... You know, they say, he brought the example up of eating grapes and the guy gets to get the grapes out of my face. Or I think they say um, lobster, you know, tends to taste like soap or there's a quote out there about when you think you got it, you know, uh, made, ultimately it turns into, um, you know, just the the norm and you get used to um, anything that you put yourself into, any situation you put yourself into. So you ultimately have to continue to find challenges, find ways to push yourself, get uncomfortable, you know, do things outside of your comfort zone, try new adventures, experiences, etc. to ultimately fulfill your happiness meter. But guys, I hope you got some value out of that. Um, highly recommend you, you know, like I said, go back and listen to that a couple times, really let it sink in, uh, come to it with an open mind and share any other takeaways that you guys had from that, that I didn't already call out. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, but guys with that, we'll go ahead and wrap. This is the all I have show. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.